Hey guys, welcome to episode number one officially of the Make War podcast. My name is Carson Cunnan and I'm joined alongside by Peyton Gardner. And this week we are talking about the gospel and what that means in our lives. We're talking about Christ and what he's done in our lives and um, how he's changed everything for us. And so I'm going to pass off to Peyton. We're going to get started. We have kind of a little bit of an outline that we're going to go through today. Um, and so point number one, Peyton, take it away. Um, yeah, so we want to start with the gospel. The gospel is why we're Christians um, and why we're not anything else. Um and, and the gospel is everything that you center your life around as Christians. Like, the gospel is is how we go throughout the day, like, with this in our focus. And um, the gospel is just a huge reminder of, like, who God is and his deep love for us. Mm. Um, and it's the whole point of the gospel is found throughout the, all of scripture. Um, and it begins in Genesis 1 when God creates the whole universe by his word, by his breath, just by his power and might. He literally creates everything. And as he creates everything, he says that everything is good, meaning everything is perfect and is created the way it's supposed to be. And he creates man and he sets us in this garden and he gives us dominion over his the rest of the creation and like what an honor that is that like he cares for us so much and he says you know what? i made this but i want you to have a specific role in this mm. um and if you want to pick up there yeah yeah it. totally i think that's such a good point too that god cares enough about us and loves us enough that we're able to have the freedom to subdue the earth and innovate and make buildings and you know just there's so many different things that we can do in those freedoms that God gave us at the beginning of creation that are super exciting, right? So everything that everything that has been created in culture and music and everything starts with that origin in Genesis chapter 1 when we're placed in the garden, when Adam and Eve are placed in the garden and they're given that dominion and they name all the animals, right? So they, yeah. they go through and they're naming all the animals and then eventually... This is before Eve is created, um, but eventually Adam doesn't find a helper that's fit for him. And then Eve is created from Adam's rib. And finally, he like he bursts into poetry. He's like, this is the <laughs> coolest thing ever I've ever seen. Like, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Like, this is crazy. Um, and this is just such a highlight, just right in the beginning of the Bible, too. Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, but then when we get to Genesis 3, we hear about something called the fall. And this is when this is not autumn, by the way. Correct. Yeah, this is not. This is, this very is bad. not a season. <laughs> this is very bad. Um, so Eve is tempted by Satan, and basically, what Satan says is, "Did God really say that you can't eat from any any fruit of the trees in the Garden of Eden?" Um, so basically he casts doubt on God, right? He, he casts yeah. doubt on God's intention to be good to us, mm -hmm. to care for us, to provide for us. And Eve ends up eating of that fruit and Adam sits there idly by without doing anything and ends up actually eating the, in, eating the fruit as well. Yep. And so from that moment on, sin enters the world. And this is serious. This has affected all of the brokenness that we see in our world today, 
Um, It has been destructive. And so... Um, that, that's, that's why we have war, right? That's why we have, um, divorce and everything that is evil and bad is, is because of that original sin that happened when Eve ate of that, ate of that fruit and put her trust in someone else other than God. Right. And so that changed the course of, of human history forever. But God does something really cool in Genesis chapter three. He promises that Satan will be destroyed. And you might actually have it open right now, Peyton. So I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. Um, we're, we're in the same mindset. Um, so Genesis 3, uh, 14, uh, beginning there, says, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock, God speaking to Satan, and above all beasts of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and the dust shall you eat in all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Um, And then God goes on to um, punish mankind and saying to the woman, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing and in pain you shall bring forth children and you, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he says, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, And have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. And in pain shall you eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust and to dust you shall return. So that right there is what Carson just explained. Um the fall of man, the, the outcomes of not trusting in God, um, taking things into our own hands and saying, I'm going to do it my own way. And because of that, um, there's a curse that is on all relationships. There is a curse that is on the very nature that we see. We see, um, beauty. We see parts of that perfection, but we also see, uh, pain and suffering at the same time, um, which proves this very passage um, but the most exciting part is, is what Carson mentioned is that God promised that there's going to be one that's going to destroy Satan. And that's, that's what God said. He said that the offspring of a woman will bruise the head of the snake, meaning will kill the snake and stop him. Yeah, I, I think that's, it's super cool to think about God's plan, even from the beginning, even when we screwed up right? He was still there and he made this promise in Genesis 3 that he fulfilled all the way thousands of years later. And we'll get to that in a minute. Um, But it's just cool to see God's heart in that, that he had a plan from the beginning that even though man sinned and separated himself from the living God through what he did, God still had a plan to reconcile him, to bring him back and to restore that right relationship that was broken because of sin. And so from there, from Genesis chapter three, we, there's so much that happens and we don't want to have, we don't want to go through the whole Bible. Um, But I know that Peyton has the outline. So I'm going to, I'm going to see what he has to say next after Genesis three. Yeah. um, From Genesis three, there, there's a lot that goes on. Um, 
but we really want to focus on the covenants and the promises that God has made because uh, we see throughout Scripture that that God is faithful and He makes these promises to us um, for our benefit and for His glory. And so um, He He works with Moses, okay, and delivers them out of Egypt um, and does amazing things. Um, and part of that is um, saving them from the curses of Egypt. Um, kind of highlight yeah. through that. Um, they had to uh, kill a lamb and smear the blood on their their doorposts um, to not be affected by the curse. And, and essentially that's saying, you know, God, we trust you in this. And, and that's why we're going to sacrifice this lamb is because we trust you. And um, fun, fun callback here. Um, but in the garden, God um, made the first sacrifice. He killed an animal and clothed um, Adam and Eve because Adam and Eve were ashamed and they ran and hid from God and they realized their nakedness and they're, they're exposed, but God killed his own creation because he loves us so much that he would, he would cover them. Um, so kind of fun there. Um, but then we're going to go to, uh, Abraham and if you kind of want to hit on Abraham. Yeah, I do want to, I do want to go back to what you were saying about, um, just this first sacrifice and what it means, what this, what the sacrifice meant, right? So you have, yep. you have the lamb that was slain in Egypt, and the blood was painted over the doorpost so that the angel of death would not come in and kill the firstborn of any of the people, any of the Israelites. And so um, that I think that's important to touch on, just the sacrificial system too, and what that looked like in the Old Testament. So after, after the Israelites were delivered from Egypt, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And when they were in the wilderness, they received instruction from God to build a tabernacle. And tabernacle translated means the tent of meeting. So this is essentially how God is going to um, commune with his people and meet with his people is through this sacrificial system that is being set up through Moses and Aaron the priest. And so... Um, Basically, this is just a really complicated system, but basically the blood of animals takes place of God's wrath being poured out on humanity, right? So God's, God is pouring his wrath out on these sacrifices as opposed to pouring his wrath out on his people mm-hmm. who, that's what they deserve. Yep. They deserve his wrath, right? They deserve that condemnation for their sinful actions. And, and we all have sin, right? So this goes back to, um, just identifying the, the sin in our own lives, the ways that we fall short. This is, this is what Israel was being cleansed of yep. when, um, this, these sacrifices were being made, they were being cleansed of that sin. So the, the lying, the, the stealing, the, you know, whatever's outlined in the 10 commandments, um, and, and just the law in general, the, the Israelites were, were breaking it and they couldn't, they could not keep the law perfectly. Right. Um, and so that, that kind of sets us up for in the future when we look at Christ and what he's done. Um, but yeah, so that promise was originally through, um, you know, Genesis chapter three and then Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and then you have Moses coming in there, um, and that deliverance from Egypt. And so from there, there's like, a bunch of other stuff in the old Testament. Yeah. Um, but maybe you could rally us around the next 
point. Yeah, so the next point. So like Carson said, Genesis, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then this big de- deal with Moses and, and this kind of action scene that we see yeah. um, with, the, with the law coming in and sacrifices and stuff. Um, but then we kind of move uh, through periods of um, king kingships, um, judges before that, um, and kind of these different hierarchies of leadership and, and kind of what Israel, Israel wants. Um, and God kind of gives it to them, even though he knows it might not be good for them. Um, he's, he's trying to show them that he's greater than all these things. And he wants a relationship with these people and um, that their, their ways are not his ways. Mm, yeah, right. Yep. And, and each time they fall, he, gives them what they deserve um and he's extremely patient with them um but then he restores and so i want to stop there too i think it's important to note that when when we look at all these kings too there are some good kings but there are also some bad kings and we don't really see anyone that stands out like everyone everyone in the in the old testament has some sort of you know sin no one's really perfect um, everyone has something that goes on, you know, you think about David and Bathsheba and the adultery that happened and just, and, and David was considered a man after God's own heart and he still committed the sin of adultery. Right. And, um, the Lord was furious with him. Right. So like, as we're going through these Kings and as we're talking about kind of this high level overview, I think it's important to remember that everyone, everyone's like, Oh, I want to be that guy in the Bible, but also that guy is a sinner. And <laughs> He just ha- like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make. I just wanted to throw that in there. No, that's good. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, these kings were not above anybody else. I mean, maybe positionally, but mm-hmm. um, there were not very many um, quote unquote good kings. Okay, they all had their problems. Even David. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then. We kind of move, um, as we move through the Bible, um, there's there's lots of different prophets all throughout um, the Bible, but then specifically how the Bible is categorized, there's the books of the prophets. Um, and their job is to tell people what God has been telling them and, and be an, an outlet, a light to these people, say, repent, turn to God, his ways are better, he wants to prosper you, he wants good things for you, and time and time again, these prophets, they're killed by their own people, Um, they are persecuted heavily, Um, they don't want to hear what God has to say, and um, a lot of... Even if it's what's best for them. Even if it's what's best for them. Um, and, and a lot of what they say is is restoration. A lot of it is talking about there's going to be a coming day of restoration. Um, there's going to be one person, a specific person, who's going to come and restore all things. And uh, this person is, is mentioned all throughout Scripture, and you kind of get more and more pieces throughout Scripture. Um, but it goes back to that, that Genesis 3 prediction. Um, well, I should say not prediction, but thing that God set in motion um, of this person called the Messiah, the one that's going to come and save. Um, so that's kind of where the prophets all line up, and there's so there's so much um, we could get into. Um, Carson, do you have anything about prophets before we? Move yeah, on? but we can. Yeah, um, there there was one thing that I was thinking about as you were talking to, um, going back to to Genesis. 
when we when we're looking at that original story in the garden, it's always just fascinating to me to think about what Satan was trying to do in that situation. He was really trying to say, God's way is not the best way. And these prophets, what they are saying is that God's way is the best way. Listen to me as I as I say what God has commanded me to tell you, right? And and I think oftentimes we believe wrongly about God that he doesn't have our best interests in mind and he does he does he wants he wants us to be in right right relationship with him he wants us to walk with him and be in fellowship with him he wants us to have healthy relationships and healthy uh, work situations and um, healthy personal time he wants us to have that and I think sometimes we just believe the opposite right we believe that God's way isn't the best way we believe that sin is satisfying yeah um but yeah, and, and there's some some prophecies that we can get into once we talk about Christ. Um, but I was just looking at Isaiah 53, and, and it just it, it prophesies the, the coming of Jesus. And there's a few other ones that we can talk about later too. But that we should wait for a little bit until that. But yeah, man, this is just so hype. Um, so yeah, as we uh, transition out of um, the prophets, the the next um, I guess chapter um, in the Bible, the next timeline period uh is actually the gospels so we move into this time period where israel is uh overtaken by rome they're they're kind of under their leadership they can kind of do their own thing but with some stipulations um and all of a sudden there's this there's this prophet um john the baptist and he's proclaiming that the kingdom of god is here that Everything is culminating to this one point that um, the Messiah is coming. And then he declares that Jesus of Nazareth is the one that they've been waiting for. And Jesus is baptized and God speaks from heaven and the Holy Spirit descends and announces to all the people in the area that this is God's son. This is the one that they've been waiting for. Um, and this is absolutely amazing. Um, it's, I don't know, I don't, I don't have words right now. Carson, you want to pick me up on this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that um, when you were talking about John the Baptist, this scripture just came to mind. So we have Mark 1 verse mark yeah so it's it's mark's gospel uh, which is actually the gospel that was written first and it's chapter i believe it's chapter one verse two it says as it is written in isaiah the prophet so we were just talking about the prophets prophesying that this messiah this person was coming says as it was written in isaiah the prophet behold i send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So this is exactly what Peyton was talking about with John the Baptist and how even this specific character, although he was not the Messiah, he wasn't Jesus, he was prophesied in the Old Testament. And so this is one of the ways that we can also um, have confidence that the Bible is true when things are written hundreds of years before the events occur and they occur exactly in the manner that God intended them to occur. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I thought that was really interesting thinking about how 
yes, we're looking the Messiah is the is the the biggest prophecy, right, all throughout scripture, but also okay. even John the Baptist, the one that who is preparing this way for Christ to come is talked about in Isaiah. And yeah. I just think that's really cool. I, I was kind of just excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John John the Baptist is pretty sweet. Uh, you should go read about him. Um, but yeah, so so this moment is is wild, right? Um, you this Messiah has been proclaimed. There's clear signs from God, um, especially around um, Jesus' birth. Um, there are signs to the mother and the father, Mary and Joseph, yeah. and um, they they were about to be married uh, but god sent an angel to tell mary that uh, she would conceive and she's like i'm a virgin like how is this how is this, how gonna, is this happen? gonna happen yeah right and the angel's like hey with god you know nothing's impossible trust in him you've been selected to carry the messiah because um of her faith like she she was a woman chasing after god and so there's a whole bunch of other things that i really want to get into but I won't because we need to do the whole gospel just like, hey, let's get it. But, okay, so Jesus comes. Jesus is proclaiming repentance and um, getting ready for the kingdom of God. And um, he's going through, and as as he is preaching, people are just falling down all over the place about how he's preaching with power and how he has opened the scriptures like no other has. And... Um, the Pharisees and the scribes, the um, people that are supposed to know the most about Scripture at the time, they they do not like what Jesus is saying. And this is a pattern that we've seen in Scripture, that those that are in high power um, religiously, some, oh, I should say some, do not like the actual words of God. They don't want to follow what God actually says. And we see this with the Pharisees. They are trying to get Jesus trapped in his words. They're trying to commit, get him to cause a sin or uh, something against the law of Rome. But throughout all the gospels, Jesus never sins. He never, he never lies. He, he's always truthful. And um, so, so they have a big trouble trying to figure this guy out. Um, I think deep down, a lot of them do know that he possibly could be the Messiah. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, Carson, you want to take it away? Talk about just like more things that Jesus did during his ministry. One of the ways that Christ brought the kingdom of heaven is through miracles, right? So he he did all sorts of signs and wonders as a as a testament to his authority as the son of God, as the Messiah, yeah. right? So he he did things like heal blind men and make them see. He cleansed lepers. He raised his friend from the dead. He, he did all sorts of just crazy signs and wonders. And at one point, the Pharisees were like, are you doing these in the power of Satan? And Jesus, That's a big yikes. And, <laughs> and Jesus was like, no, because... As he was casting out demons, which is another thing that is crazy that he did. So it's like it's almost like Jesus is ushering this kingdom and it's full of restoration and full of redemption and full of 
um, healing and love. Peop- people, what love and love, and he, and he's just ushering in this this amazing um, picture of what is to come for eternity as well. And so, um, it's just it's it's really crazy to think about all the different miracles that Christ did and. Um, and, and yet so many people were not believing, right? Their, their hearts were hardened. They, they, they were not confident that this was the Messiah because they had expected the Messiah to be this great military leader that would free the nation of Israel from Rome. And there were just a lot of unmet expectations, I think, in terms of what this Messiah would look like. Right. Um, and so they didn't, they didn't think about him as this suffering servant that we read about in Isaiah 53, mm-hmm. uh, where he is, he is crushed for our iniquities and he is um, pierced for our transgressions. And um, he has taken that sin that we can't cleanse ourselves of. And he has done that. He's cleansed, he's cleansed us of that, which yeah. is just such a, such an opportunity for us to rejoice in that. Um, but yeah, those are a few other things that Christ did throughout his ministry. Is there, I mean, obviously I'm not hitting on everything because <laughs> it's impossible to, to have one podcast episode that's, you know, like we could do multiple episodes, like even one just on Christ's miracles and oh, taking yeah. a look at, okay, what does that look like? And what does that, that mean for us and, and everything like that? But um, the biggest thing that Christ came for is so that we might know God. He came so that and died so that God's wrath could be poured out on him instead yeah. of on us. Just like the Old Testament, right? Where you have all these sacrifices that are happening to divert God's wrath away from the one to whom it is due and onto an animal. It's the same exact thing that happened with Jesus when he went to the cross. So maybe we could talk a little bit more about, about the cross. Yeah. So... Um, Jesus, who came and lived a perfect life, fulfilled all prophecy, um, ushered in the kingdom of God. Um, He was accused of a crime he didn't commit, um, and he was, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to say, but there was collusion um, to put him on the cross, Um, but little did the people know at that point that that was what he was there to do. Um, he talks multiple times in the gospels about, um, his point is to come and die mm. for this, the salvation of the world. And think about what that must have done to his disciples and to those that were listening. This is supposed to be this Messiah, this great military leader that's going to free the people. Yeah. And Christ is saying, no, I'm, I'm going to die. That's crazy. My mind would have been so like, <laughs> just like what Especially is going as on? a disciple. Like you're okay, I'm following yeah. this guy. I've been following this guy for three years or however long Jesus was doing ministry. It's somewhere in that range, right? It's like three yeah. years. And he's telling me he's he is for like he is essentially prophesying, saying that this is this is going to happen. I am going to go to the cross and I'm going to die. Yeah. And I've been following this. I left everything to follow this guy. And that's what he's telling me. Like, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, for me, I, I think I probably would have done exactly what they did. In my mind, it seems like they kind of push it off. Like, the first right. couple of times that Jesus is like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And they don't quite understand it. And they're kind of like, okay, let's just keep doing our ministry. Like, let's keep going. And then 
I think by the time that they have the Last Supper, I think that it kind of sit, sits in a little bit uh, for everybody yeah. at that point. Yeah. So. And I, I think, too, when we think about Jesus being crucified, this is this is the worst kind of torture that anyone could go through. Right. So so before you even are on the cross, he gets he gets this crown of thorns jabbed into his head with these thorns that are like, I don't know, two or three inches long. I mean, they're really long thorns that are going deep into his head, into his brain. He's getting spit on. He's getting slapped and mocked and 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 beaten up and whipped, whipped and and scourging, too, is a whole nother thing where there were these whips that the Romans made that had little pieces of metal and bone attached to the ends of them. And, and Jesus got whipped by these. So like literally when you, when, when that whip made contact with your skin, it would dig into your skin and rip out muscle and flesh. And so Jesus was like literally going through the worst torture before he even got to the cross to, to, to finish what he um, you know, was born into the world to do. Yeah. Um, and after he was scourged and he was, you know, mocked and beat, he went to the cross. They drove nails through his hands. They drew drove nails through his feet and they put him on this big wooden post and they put him up on this hill in front of the whole crowd and they all yelled at him, mocking him, telling himself, get yourself down from that cross if you're the son of God. Mm. Which, by the way, uh, echoes uh, Satan um, in uh, Jesus' 40-day temptation, uh, which he succeeded in. Suck it, Satan. Um, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Um, <laughs> Make it war, baby. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just the reality of that is is just crazy that he came to do this for you and I in the the rest of the world and and we're the ones that couldn't fulfill the law and we're the ones that fell short of every single 10 commandment like like i like measure yourself guys like seriously anybody listening to this measure yourself against the 10 commandments I'm most likely you will have broken every single one. And because of that, we we deserve the punishment of God because we've gone against him. We haven't trusted in him. We trusted our own ways. But even so, Christ suffered for us to be that sacrificial mm-hmm. lamb, mm-hmm. as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, let's just go through some of them right now. Like, have you ever told a lie? If the answer is yes, then you... You've broken God's law. And if you fail at one point of the law, you fail to all the law. So you can't, you cannot be good enough, right? You need a savior. You need mm-hmm. Jesus Christ to save you. And that's exactly what he came to do. That was his mission and his purpose. And I think that's a really great point, Peyton, just like measuring yourself up against the law because it's, it's really quite humbling when you take a look at it. Um, because Jesus even says, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. And one of the Ten Commandments is you shall not commit adultery, right? So if yeah. you've ever done that as a man or even as a woman, um, 
you've committed adultery in your heart and you're guilty of that mm-hmm. and you need it then that then you need a savior right you need someone yeah. to 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 bring you in right relationship with God because that sin has separated you from him yeah and you're not when you when you don't trust in Christ and when you're not a believer you do not have that right relationship with God and yeah. so that's a really yeah that's a good takeaway you know for this episode for sure is just kind of measuring yourself up against the law and taking an honest look and an honest reflection at your life. Um, and, and there's hope in Christ. There's yeah. hope in Jesus. There yeah. is redemption and restoration and life and hope for eternity in him. Right. Man. There are so many promises that he, that, that he, and God is faithful, right? He will fulfill those. Yeah. And, and the, the cool thing is, is that, uh, God didn't stop at the cross either. Mm. So Jesus died on the cross. He died the death that we deserve, but he was raised to life three days later. So he was literally raised to life by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of God. Okay. And he showed himself to over 500 people. And he, he by doing that, he defeated death. He defeated the power of death. And those that trust in him, the the power of death is not on you. Mm, mm. And so Jesus came and he, he was raised to life to give us life. He saw his disciples and he told them all about the scriptures. Um, and, and the main point, let me grab it here. Um, Jesus, Jesus kind of describes this point of why he he came he he kind of sums it up um here in luke 24 i love the crisp sound of the bible turning yeah i know right it's just the best so good all right so this is jesus when he uh came and saw his disciples he says then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them thus it is written that the christ or you know, another name for the Messiah, should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Mm. And, like, that is just a perfect summary. For the repentance, for the forgiveness mm, of sins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why That's why he came. It wasn't to teach us how to be morally good. Yeah. Because we can't. No. We already went over that. We can't, your, your, your morals are nothing compared to God. So he came to forgive us for our sins. And, and that is the biggest, biggest point of the gospel is that we are saved. We have restored relationship with God through Jesus because of what he's done. And not because of what we've done. I think, you know, a lot of times Christians try to make it about what they've done and take take hope in the good works that they have done as opposed to the the grace that is freely given by God. The gospel is is grace. It's something that we don't deserve. We do not deserve God's goodness and his kindness and his love and his mercy towards us because we have sinned against him. And, and luckily through Jesus we're able to have that restored relationship and that's what we are created for. We're created to to be known by God and to know God. And to glorify him forever and enjoy him forever. Yeah. And I think so many times Christians 
just kind of go throughout their faith and, and go through the motions as just like a, a duty as opposed to like having a genuine love and a genuine affection for the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's such a, I love that just the forgiveness of sin and that forgiveness of sin doesn't, doesn't, it's not a one-time event. It's an ongoing, like your past sin is forgiven. Your present oh, yeah. sin yeah. sin is forgiven. And the sin that you will commit in the future is forgiven in Christ. Yeah. And so there is freedom in that because you, you're honest with God about where you've fallen short and he gives you the power of the Holy Spirit. So maybe we can go into like Pentecost in, in the book of Acts, maybe a little bit here too, on once Christ has risen, he goes to Jerusalem, right? And he meets with these 500 people mm-hmm. and that's where God, God's spirit will be eventually poured out. So we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um. So Jesus, he then... Um, ascends to heaven so he goes to heaven to prepare a place for us um he he's still got work to do which is mind-boggling in itself that the cross wasn't enough work for god that he says you know what um i'm gonna go to heaven i'm gonna put in some work for you guys right now like we're still doing work and so he he promises the coming of the Holy Spirit. He says, um, as I go, I will give you uh, the helper. The helper is going to come and uh, the Holy Spirit is going to mark us. Those that are saved, those that trust in God, um, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of them, um, inside of us and uh, comes in power. And uh, the Holy Spirit um, is someone that is a uh, convictor, a counselor, Um someone that is going to move you in the direction that God wants you to move in. Um, and at Pentecost, uh, Peter, the disciple that denied Jesus three times, who ends up um, fully just like trusting in the Lord and, and uh, just absolutely on fire for Christ, he gives this sermon, this speech about what God has done through Jesus, what just happened. And Oh, I forget how many, 3,000? Was it 3,000? I think it was 3,000, yeah. There was 3,000 souls were saved that day, and the Holy Spirit came down, and people started speaking in tongues, which, I mean, we don't have to really get into a ton right now. We'll probably explain later, but uh, just, just like crazy things that the Holy Spirit does to like show you that he's working and he's, he's in them, and um, people are becoming christians left and right trusting in what god has has actually done yeah it's incredible to think about a group of three thousand people being filled with the holy spirit and speaking in tongues basically understanding understanding each other even though they're speaking different languages yes which seems crazy like if i was to i don't know spanish well at all but like if i was to talk to someone that was speaking spanish to me fluently i wouldn't be able to understand it but in this in this situation like there were all different languages and all different kinds of people that were present and they were all able to under, understand each other because they had that one thing in common they had the holy spirit and what a great what a what an awesome opportunity that we have like we have such a gift in the Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of times too, we don't really understand what that means, you know? Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's really good. I love that. Um, and so so that is kind of where we're living in right now. That period of God has accomplished salvation through Jesus, um, the ultimate sacrifice. He has sent His Holy Spirit to um, dwell in and empower and encourage um, all of His people. And that's the time that we're living in right now. And and Jesus is, uh, he's coming again. Um, He is going to return. And uh, when he does that, he's going to make all things new. Um, So that's what God is preparing for. He's waiting for as many people as possible to be saved um, before he comes. And when he comes, he is going to enact justice and he is going to um, pay everybody for what they've done. Um, so those that have sinned um, and do not have a, uh, a bailout, I guess, um, will be punished. And people who have a bailout, which is uh, Jesus, who he has paid the bail for our sins, if you trust in him, if you're like, yes, I'll take that, please, um, you won't you won't find yourself punished by God, but you will actually be um, raised to reign with Christ is, is what the Bible says, that he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth, and he's going to make all things new, and um, he's going to integrate us into part of his reign, which doesn't even make any sense. But like we get to look forward to that, and it's not this weird cartoony, like mm. we're floating in the air with no body, yeah. like it's basically going to be like this earth, but perfect. And like, it's going to be, it's going to be how it was supposed to be, how it was supposed to be like that gets me amped up, but it also kind of scares me for people who don't know Christ, you know, yeah, like, yep. like if we didn't, that day, man, that day of judgment is going to be terrible for those that don't know Christ. If you're in Christ, it's a, it's a day of just, celebration and rejoicing and excitement but for those who don't know christ that's that is very scary you know and so then that goes back also to matthew 28 when jesus says go therefore and make disciples of all nations Mm -hmm. baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and that's what we're called to do as christians too we're called not we're, we're called to steward this mystery of god well yeah. And we're called to share about it, right? I think I think about even just times in my own faith when I feel like I haven't been in tune with God, it's most likely because I'm not sharing my faith. I feel like when I share my faith, I'm energized and I'm emboldened and I'm excited and I'm like, I'm actually living out what God's calling me to do. Um, but maybe what we can touch on too a little bit right now is how is the how has Christ, how has the gospel changed our lives. I think, you know, there are people listening that have gone through various experiences and, um, I know it's kind of a loaded question and we don't have to get into, you know, full on testimony, what God has done. Um, but maybe just like a brief overview of like, here's how I met Christ. Here's what, here's the life change that I've experienced. Here's the, because Christ says we have to be born again, right? To see the king, see the kingdom of God. And so that, he transforms our nature. He changes our, changes our hearts and our minds to become more like him. And so how have you seen that play out in your life? Yeah, I would say, so I, I came to know Christ at a very young age. And I think that the biggest thing for me um, 
was to see my sin for what it was as I got older and uh, God developed me and grew me spiritually. I think a lot of it was to see my sin for what it was as this very weighty thing. And rather than just kind of like, don't do bad things, it's no, you've done bad things. And like, you are saved through Christ who suffered for your sin. I think that was the the biggest thing as I got older, um, realizing. And I think that also seeing God's goodness through it, not just the weight of sin, but realizing like how good he is because he, he could have just started over if he wanted to. He could have just punished everyone and said, forget it, whatever, lost cause, I'm just going to try again. Okay, like we're going to see if there's another group of people that won't rebel against mm. me. <laughs> but like he's so merciful and so kind to us that like, I don't know, like that's kind of the the big impact that it's had on me as I've grown in my faith. Just realizing God's character yeah, and who he is and that the gospel is, it shows his love. It shows that he cares. It shows that we are important to him and that he sent his son to die for us so that we might be in right relationship with him. We might know him. It really shows off the character of God because he doesn't give us what we deserve, which is punishment and eternal separation from him in hell. Mm -hmm. And he gives us what we don't deserve, which is right relationship with him reconciliation, eternal life, bro. love, care. Like God is our father and we are his children. Like to be in the family of God, to be brothers and sisters with people from around the world that, that worship Christ and follow him. There are so many gifts. And I think sometimes we can either, we can get in a trap of overemphasizing the gifts and underemphasizing the sin or vice versa, overemphasizing the Wait, how did I say that? Overemphasizing the sin and I can't remember, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it was good. It was a good quote. <laughs> I think for me in my own life, um, I, I grew up in a Christian home, but I never really truly knew what it meant to follow Jesus. I always just assumed, oh, when I'm 70 years old, I'm going to accept Jesus and then live for eternity with him. But I never really understood what it meant to actually live a Christian life. Um, and actually have an affection for the Lord and follow him. And so when I was in like late high school, early college, I got into the whole party scene and drinking and smoking weed and doing drugs and vaping and um, just completely different than, I, I know Peyton's like shaking his head right now because he's like, I don't even know that guy. <laughs> no, Who I is don't that know guy? that guy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, uh, but yeah, and I, I, I had a lot of, you know, I wanted to be that guy at the parties when I would go into the party, I'd always want to be that guy that everyone knew and I wanted to do all the drinking games and just was in a very dark space. Um, and I was anxious and depressed. I remember one time I went to the ER because I thought I was having a heart attack because I was so anxious and nothing was wrong. Um, but it was really all, it was, it was God trying to get a hold of my heart mm-hmm. and God trying to bring me back to him. Um, and I see that now on the other side, but in that moment I had no idea what was going on. And so then 
kind of on a whim, I went on a trip down to Atlanta and there was this conference called Passion. And it's this conference for 18 to 25 year olds. And I went down there and I was saved. Like I, I realized what I needed was the forgiveness of everything that I had done because I had made some really poor decisions when I was partying and when I was doing all those things and I just had so much anxiety and I was depressed and nothing was satisfying me. Nothing was filling me up. It just felt like I was chasing the wind and come to find out it's really God who I was seeking. It's Jesus that I was seeking, but I was looking for it in the wrong place and I was making all these wrong decisions. And um, so God saved me at passion. And then ever since then, my life has been completely changed and turned around. Like I haven't, I haven't touched a vape. I haven't gotten drunk. I haven't done any of that. And like, I lost a lot of my friends because of that too, because all my friends were caught up in that. And so now I just have, I have the fruit of the spirit, right? Like I have joy and I, every day, even though some days are harder than others, like I have excitement and passion and just like fervor for my life. Like just having the life that I have that God's given me. And it's just been really cool to see. Sorry, that was kind of long. Um, no, dude, that was awesome. But it just God's it's so cool that, and I, th- I think sometimes too, like we, we evaluate ourselves based on our testimonies, but God, God works in like every testimony is equally valuable to God, right? No matter what your story is, like you could have grown up in the church your whole life and been saved your whole life. And that gives God the glory as much as like a crazy transformation, spiritual journey, yeah. right? Like there's so much power in sharing what God has done too, you know, even just sitting here talking to you right now about that. Like it's, it rejuvenates your faith and your excitement. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, your story on how Christ has saved you is it's powerful. And that's that's what we have to reflect on too like even like myself i i grew up in a great home my parents loved the lord i've loved the lord for a very long time but we still have to realize like god's goodness through everything like like just because i grew up in a christian household and just because i knew the lord uh from a young age doesn't give me an excuse to be lazy or complacent in my faith Mm. or Mm. or to ignore what god has done it gives me even more more fervor and more more drive and more um really accountability to lift god up because he's provided in so many awesome ways and that he had me at such a young age um know him and um he's protected me from a lot of a lot of things um a lot of hurt and uh so yeah like if you feel like you don't have a testimony um i felt that way for a while but Mm -hmm. um that that's just a lie like preach god's goodness like seriously, that's what we do. Yeah, there is, there is so like God is so good in in both kinds of stories, right? And yeah, so I I think one of the what are some things that we can encourage our listeners to be doing here? You know, in between episodes, um, obviously the name of our podcast is Make War, and so we are we are dedicated to fighting the enemy with the Holy Spirit, with the truth of the gospel, oh, with yeah. living counterculturally, looking different than the world, um, and, and, and making a stand for the truth of Christ and being bold and, and doing that in a way that is bold and truth-filled, but also gracious and loving and caring. And so what are some things I think as we head into this next episode, 
that we can encourage people to do? Yeah. Um, I was just about to ask that. How do we, how do we make war with the gospel? Mm. Um, thing is that the gospel is the main weapon of that our war. That is our weapon. <laughs> okay. That is how we make war. That's why this is episode one. This is why this is episode one. This is the, everything that we we base our lives around. Um, So so as you go throughout your day, the, the gospel should be our, our mind focus on whatever we do. Like whatever you do at your job, it should be focused on how do I give glory to God for what he's done and when you go home to your family, or like if you're married, if you have kids, if you um, are younger, if you're like high school, whatever, like how are you going to give God glory for what he's done in your relationships? And and ultimately, how do you share this with other people? Mm. How do you preach God's goodness to other people? Um, that's going to be the main point of how we make this our weapon of our war. And, and we got to remember that scripture says that our war is not against flesh and blood, but against uh, spiritual darkness in high places. So um, as we make war, we're making war against Satan, who, who is active in trying to deceive people to sin, deceive people to fall away from God, um, and, and deceive Christians from being complacent. Mm. We, we just went over the gospel, the greatest story ever told, mm. We cannot, our response, I mean, it demands a response. It demands it a, uh, a crazy response in our lives. A radical response to, to drop everything and follow Christ. So if you're somebody that's listening to this and you don't know Jesus, this is a great opportunity for you to trust in him for salvation, for eternal life. Um, repent and believe in the gospel. We've all sinned. This is not us preaching at you. This is us having a conversation with you because we all need Jesus just as much on the first day when we were saved as we do right now. And yeah. and so this is an opportunity for those of you that don't know Jesus. That he loves you. He cares for you. He wants a relationship with you. It's not just a list of rules. No. It's It's a loving relationship with your creator. And so we invite you into that. Is there anything else, Peyton, you want to add? I just want to add, like, let's get after it. Like, for those of you that know Christ, you've known him for a while, or or maybe you're new, like, let's go make some war, okay? And, yeah, and let's, let's get it. help people know God and know salvation. Um, and, and, and let's walk with the gospel on our mind in everything that we do. Like... Like, our whole role on earth is to love God with everything that we have and to love others with everything that we have. And it doesn't matter what these other people look like, what they've said to you, anything, because we know that we're just as guilty as them, but we've found salvation in Jesus. So that's really got to be our focus. We got to forget all that and, like, care for them as somebody who is made by God, who is loved by God, but who is lost right now. Um, and so, yeah, just don't lose focus. Like the, everything in this world is going to try and distract you. Don't lose focus. Um, keep up the endurance, stay plugged in with other believers. Like Carson and I, we meet up all the time and we encourage each other with things that are going on in our lives and, and things that, uh, might be distracting and, and kind of 
messing with their heads a little bit, but yeah. you have to have spiritual brothers and sisters that can encourage you in your walk with God. Definitely. That's great. I think that's a great, great spot to end. So we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know this is a longer episode. We actually, I think, are planning on doing longer episodes. So this actually is like a normal episode. <laughs> Never mind. We are planning on doing whatever is going to come out of our mouths. I don't know. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. We will see you guys in the next one. Take care. Go make war. <laughs>